Welcome to Voices in the River. This is Rebecca Allman. We are gathered today to disrupt some narratives about women and power, ancestors and magic. Last week, we talked about how we use shamanic journeys and ancestral guides, and I'm so grateful to each of you. I was truly touched by the powerful stories that you shared. I am so pleased that Amy's story sparked something within you and connected you with your family in a different way. Thank you so much. Today, we're continuing our conversation. We're going to talk about working in the mythic with the Tarot. I first experienced Tarot in 1994. I was pregnant and working in a domestic violence agency. And a good friend of mine came over and had been at a women's festival and had had the opportunity to sit with Starhawk, who is a very well-known witch. And he read cards for me. And it was the Daughters of the Moon deck. It's a 1970s feminist deck. It's a round deck. It's so colorful. And the women are so powerful. And I don't really remember the reading. But what I remember is that night when I tried to sleep, that those women came to me and spoke to me and unlocked something in me that opened a door to my own knowing. I've used Tarot for 30 years. I've used it to design high-functioning teams. I've used it to make real estate decisions. I've used it for strategic planning. I've used it for scheduling and prioritizing. I use it as a journal prompt. Um, Also, I feel like I should say, I say tarot. I don't know why. It is not how you pronounce it. I think it's tarot. Um, And I think it speaks to do it the way you want to do it. This is for you. So I say tarot. And so I'm excited that today we're going to talk about tarot with another person who has used this as a powerful tool for self-reflection, Emmy Kalawale. For a lot of folks, they might look at tarot and they might say, you know, why would you do a tarot class? What's what's the deal there? And it's like, well, I think there is a propensity to look at it in the traditional way of this sort of darkness, the occult, and this taboo. But really what it is, is at least for me in learning about it, was that tool for intuition. So I'm delighted that Emmy is with me today. For many reasons, she can't talk about her work. But I think that's actually an ideal situation because the work that she's really doing is what many of us are doing, figuring out who we are without work. What is it that we really want? I always wanted to, I wanted to impress myself. (laughs) I wanted to be able to wake up and be like, I did that yesterday. I've never wanted to look back and say I wasted my energy, my life, this precious gift that I've been given, I have maximized it. I've sucked the marrow out of the bone of my life. And that's laudable, you know, (laughs) until it starts to compromise your ability to be healthy in living that life, to sustainably live it. Come and sit with me, your devoted witch, and listen to the flow as we come to the river not as our professional or personal identity, but as our true nature. Okay, 
I am up and running. It is now recording me. I think I've got everything. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> um, so I thought we would begin as we usually begin. And so uh, I have lit a candle. Beautiful. And so we're bringing you into the light. And then I pulled a card for us. Oh, beautiful. I drew the council. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to read it. The council has a message for you, or I'll say for us. Listen with your inner senses. The handwriting is already on the wall. So look about you and you will discern its meaning. Do not wait for further signs. Embark on the journey to love deeply, forgive sincerely, and dare greatly. Take the leap without requiring life to assure you of success. Beautiful. So um, when I met you, you were already a star. You were a leader. You were making a difference in the world. What made you decide to delve deeper into our work together? Um, what I was attracted to was the ability to have a language to understand intuition. As I've pursued my education, I've been very achievement oriented in acquiring knowledge, external knowledge, you know, you read the textbook, you do the problem set, you get an A, you know. And what I became aware of is the more I started to sort of traditionally learn, the more I didn't know, right? You know, coming from a family, especially of two immigrants, my father is Nigerian, my mother is Jamaican, I come from a blended identity. You know, it's never one or the other, it's always, you know, both. And so I would say, I always was somebody who never wanted to be put in a box, never wanted my identity to be, you know, entirely wrapped up in any one thing at any time. And I think that there is a beautiful and wonderful space for science, technology, engineering, research. These ways of knowing and operating in the world are incredibly powerful, but there's also power to one's intuition. And I knew that I'd reached a point where I knew what had gotten me here wasn't going to get me there. Hmm. So we've done a couple things together. Yeah. We had a tarot class together. We yeah. spent a weekend together. Is there a particular moment that you had an aha? Like, what's the shift that occurred for you? I think the real shift was the ability to tell a different kind of story to myself. And so I will do a tarot card draw for the week. And so I'll draw my cards and then I will set them out for the week. So I'm constantly, whenever I come home and whenever I leave, I reflect on that imagery. And it was when I realized the significance of the imagery and being able to use the consistency of that to get calm and understanding when I would see those symbols show up in everyday life. You know, for example, when I would see even just like coins, just like pennies or quarters lying around, like the pentacles symbol, there's this universality of the imagery that allows for you to then tag into this bigger picture around the everyday of your life, but then also the larger trends of your life. That that really cracked my mind open because then it's almost like you have a different kind of lens on the world. You can sort of see the symbols popping up in all of these different places. It's this connection to something bigger that we have had as humanity for so long. Once I got that and I was able to see that in the system, it really, it unlocked for me. It absolutely unlocked for me. 
I'm curious about, you had this experience with the Tarot and that was 2020. And then we move forward to the end of 2022. And we talked a couple of times, but then you, you called and, and tell me that story. Yeah, it, <laughs> going back to what got me here won't get me there. I, I really hit a point where, and I think as anybody who, you know, sort of has progressed through life past a certain point knows exactly what this feeling is. I really hit this point where I was like, I have persisted using a number of tools to get me to where I am. Work all hours, you know, be on call, constant discipline in your workout, um, pursue knowledge outside of the day job, be present, be on, be there for everyone, kind of all the things that they tell you to do to be successful, right? And a lot of those chickens were coming home to roost, right? Like, you know, the burnout, the fatigue, and then compounded by the pandemic, I kind of had a shift. I was like, wait, this isn't working. I was trying to go back into my old routines and I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You are two to three years older now. You can't operate the way that you did. And not only that, you now have a moment, an opportunity to really inquire into, were those habits actually good for you or were they good for others at your expense? And I realized I didn't have the tools to really sit and reorganize and restructure a new framework for dealing with my mind changing, my body changing, you know, the demands of me in my day-to-day work and my day-to-day life all changing. There was something different I had to do. And so what I ended up doing was I called you and I said, you know, listen, I, something's not, something's off. There's something that's got to change, something that's got to shift. And none of the tools that I have at my disposal are feeding that need. It's like this sort of underlying need. And so I realized I need a different way of looking at my life, at my leadership. And so I gave you a call. So I can't help but notice when you talk about that, my stomach starts turning. <laughs> and, and I just wonder like how many people when they're hearing you recount the scenario are getting sort of churny. So if there was a color or a texture of that particular time when you made the call, what would that be? Mm. And, and I would invite you just to take a moment and go inside into your belly and just tell me what was there. It's almost like a deep purple with a lot of like neon greens. <laughs> it was like a black light was on. It was like, oh, this is a very different quality of light where you could start to see the things that were off, frankly. You know, I could start to see like how tired I was. I could start to see how I wasn't meeting the sort of deeper needs that I had for the things that I wanted to achieve in my life. There are a lot of things that I've been very fortunate to have achieved in my life. There have been a lot of really wonderful things that have happened in my life, but they weren't necessarily deeply and directly aligned with the things that I wanted. I had done everything I needed to do, but I had not done everything that I wanted to do. And I felt, I felt that blockage and I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Like, you're not really taking care of yourself. 
Now that you can see these things, let's get to addressing them. And so you took a huge risk. I mean, you flew across country. We spent a weekend together. Um, talk to me some about what are the practices that have helped you see differently? There's something that you have always asked me to do that I've struggled with. When outside and going for a walk, which I love to do, I, I think best when I'm moving on my feet. Um, I'm an energizer bunny. I love to be in motion. But you would always tell me, you know, Emmy, find a rock, find a stick pick up a piece of nature. It's not just that you're kind of moving through space. You're not just traversing the earth. You're actually interacting with it. You're acknowledging what it is offering you and what is there. For whatever reason, I have always struggled with that. I'm always like, oh, no, 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 that's a stick on the ground. I'm not going to pick that up. But I was walking around this block, and it's a very historical block. And, you know, I round the corner, and I'm walking along a number of lovely houses. And I come across this house that has all of these stone figurines. And in the front are all of these large buckets of planted flowers. And when you really look closely, you notice they're all edible. Clearly somebody's doing some potion work up in here, <laughs> or at least really values sustainable, sustainable front yard farming. And you know, the fence has sort of inlaid stones in it, you know, varying colors like blue and yellow, but there are also holes large enough for passersby to intentionally be able to look through and see what's going on in the backyard. And so there was like a cauldron, like in the backyard. And I was like, oh yeah, no, this is a witch. <laughs> I would have been any other state of mind just kind of walked by this house and said oh you know pretty flowers in the lawn you know i think to the untrained eye it would look cluttered and maybe disorganized but what i realized was you know this is a person who has decorated their home in a state that they want it to be not in a keeping up with the jones estate this is a person who is clearly doing what they want to do and in the work I had been doing with you, there was very much a focus on what do you, Emmy, want? As opposed to what do others want from you? What do you want? And I could sense from this house, this is somebody who clearly is further along on the journey that I am currently on and who has this type of sight that I'm starting to see, where it's like you can start to see people who are in touch with their wants and how disruptive that is to the status quo. And rather than seeing that disruption as, you know, something to be dismissed, seeing it instead as the next stage of being, for me anyway, which is to not just do what everybody else wants you to do, to not fit in to what others want, but to fit into what you want. And, you know, what I found moving forward from that moment is the more you're in touch with what you want, the easier it becomes to be present, to be in leadership, to be in a state of self-belief and in self-understanding that allows for you to move kind of past the worker bee status. So in that house, all of those things kind of locked into place and I was able to see. Yeah. Wow. So, and, and, and that's what we're up to, right? Is helping people 
especially women tap into their power and know what they want and by that become better leaders of their own lives. I mean, to me, this is about personal power and leadership. Yes. And if you're in a good space in your personal power, then you're going to have huge influence over other people because they're going to see you like you saw that house. That's exactly right. This is what I've been able to to benefit from in working with you is this idea of being truly disruptive in a foundational way. When you know yourself, when you know what you want, and when you feel empowered and able to get it, whatever tools you happen to use to do that, that is a disruptive force. And when it happens inside of women, it is particularly disruptive. And I think this is, you know, people ask me, they're like, why are you into tarot? Like, it seems so weird, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you can put whatever woo-woo label you want on it. You can call it weird. You can be afraid of it. But what I challenge people to acknowledge is if you look at the tarot, what you see is you see women in powerful positions. You see the high priestess, which is a higher state of knowing. You see strength, which is a woman holding a lion at bay. You see the empress. You see women showing up in these strong positions. The Three of Cups, for example, is a massive celebration of women collectively in strength and power and in femininity. So it's, you know, asking this question, how much of the dismissal of the tarot is the result of a desire to dismiss our internal sense of knowing and particularly women's sense of knowing. The derogatory of the woo-woo, the sequestering of it in the occult, I believe has a lot to do with what it opens up for women in terms of our ability to see ourselves in equitable power and in equitable self-knowing. And that empowerment is highly, highly disruptive. But it's, it's not magic. It's intention, you know, and it really is. Our power comes from knowing what we want. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think that's why, you know, the woo-woo label comes out so quickly. The dismissal is so rapid is that's dangerous to people who want to harness your intent for their own ends, right? You know, absolutely. And when we all know what we want and we all we're all going after it, the lines of you know, allegiance and power and relationship really start to shift. And knowing what you want and putting your intention in the world is highly disruptive. And it's not easy. You can want something until the ends of the earth. You also have to ask yourself very honestly, what are you willing to do to get it? And that's the stage I'm in now. What part does the belief that productivity equals value play into your drive and has that shifted i think when i was younger it was it was the equation it was a equals b the more productive i am the more value i have right because i didn't know anything when i was younger right as i've gotten older it is about acknowledging no actually i know a lot (laughs) these years have afforded me a lot of knowledge and i've packed intentionally a lot of knowledge into the years that i've had and Productivity can look very, very different. I can be productive in terms of providing really great advice. 
I can be productive in terms of knowing when and how to show up. I can be productive in enabling others to do work in delegation. I can be productive in not doing things. This so, is so interesting, Emmy, because my question is actually about value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want you to tell me about the ways that you're valuable without producing something. What have you learned about being enough? Mm. I have learned that I, I love doing things, but doing things isn't, it's not what makes me valuable or even makes me me. I've learned that, you know, I can love to do things and build things and that my loving it, my wanting it is inherently valuable. And that whether I'm doing it or not, the things I want, who I am, what I am is valuable regardless whether others find it valuable or useful. But I think that I still have a journey to go on in terms of being able to really finely cut my love of doing things. Because I do love to do things. I love to build things. I love building new things. I love prototyping. I love the creation of things where people go, whoa, I didn't even realize we needed that. And now we do. And it's there. You know, I love that. I love that moment. Separating that love, that inherent love that I have from other people valuing me producing things for them separating those two things it's a journey it's really a journey yeah so honored to be with you thank you very much absolutely for your time and inspiration and energy i like to, i can't leave you this is too nice <laughs> thank you so much emmy Thank you. So today was so fun for me because Tarot is one of the tools that I've used the longest and speaks to me the clearest. I've used it for almost every decision I've ever made in my life. So if you decide you'd like to get a deck, um, one of my favorite decks is the Mystical Shaman Oracle deck. I just encourage you to see what speaks to you. Maybe walk into your local independent bookstore and see what jumps off the shelf. Like that's a fun way to do it. And then as you begin to delve into the deck, it usually comes with a book. And so when you draw a card, you could easily look through the book and find a brief description of the card. But the most significant way, I believe, is before you investigate the book, is to work with the cards and make them your own. You know, open them up and pull one to just figure out what you know, how the cards speak to you. Take the first 30 days, just pulling one card a day, looking at the images, and then after about 30 days, maybe even longer, then look at a book. And you'll be so surprised at how much you already know. Voices in the River was created by Theo Balcom. And if you'd like to work with me, my website is RebeccaAllman.com. That's Rebecca, A-U-R.
M-A-N.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.